630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. home for breaking news on your favorite team. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. That's the name of the show, my announcer friend. In the NHL tonight, Austin Matthews is up to 31 goals on the season. He has both Toronto goals. It's 2-2 against the Hurricanes, three and a half minutes into the third period. Also, nine and a half minutes to go in Ottawa. Senators leading the Devils. 3-1. Nick Holden, who we had on the show about a week and a half ago, the St. Albert native, has his third of the season for the Senators. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, face-off show, 5.30 p.m. Game at 7. Oilers, 23-16-3. Golden Knights, 27-16-3. That is your matchup. And then the Oilers right back at it on Wednesday against Chicago. Earlier start, that one's going to face off at 6. So the face-off show will be at 4.30. That's what's ahead over the next uh, 50 hours for your Edmonton Oilers who have gone, who have gone 5-0-1 in their last six games. Mike Smith will be the goaltender tomorrow. Stuart Skinner will be the backup and Miko Koskinen has gone into COVID protocol and uh, again based on the lines today it looks like Zach Cassian bops back into the top six with McLeod and Dreisaitl and Pugliarvi goes with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman and McDavid remained between Kane and Yamamoto. So that's your Oilers notes from today. Uh, Goaltender Colby Hay from the Edmonton Oil Kings practice with the Oilers today because they needed a second goaltender. Cool opportunity for him. Colby Hayes is going to join us uh, well before the 7.30 news, so coming up in uh, 10 to 15 minutes. And the Oil Kings also have their hockey hooky game tomorrow. 11 a.m. start at Rogers Place. They're going to be taking on Connor Bedard and the Regina Pats. Bedard scoring a uh, incredible goal over the weekend against the Calgary Hitmen. Dave Campbell's the producer of this show and our Elks analyst here on 630. Chad, Dave, thanks for working for me Friday. First of all, great show. Uh, enjoyed hearing from uh, Manny Arsenal who's coming to the Elks and uh, I thought <laughs> Rashad Genty, uh, man, oh man, he's still got the Bengals in his blood, doesn't he? Oh, he does. And uh, he's, you know, his energy never, never fails. He just loves, uh, well, he loves Edmonton, first of all. You could tell his passion for for the uh, for the city and, and for the team. And he said it was his best football experience. But, you know, he lives just outside of Cincinnati. So, uh, and he played for the franchise. And he was part of that long-suffering history uh, where they would could have won a playoff game and, a lot of frustration. So, uh, love the energy from D, uh, from uh, from uh, Rashad Genty. Love the energy from uh, Manny Arsenault. It's nice that the Manny show is coming. Um, and then, you know, in the first hour, it's great to talk to Gene Principe, who's uh, the locks are, are coming off soon, man. 13 days and the locks are gone, <laughs> but it's for a great cost to the Zebra Center. So, Gino's always a, a, a good guest, of course. We've had him on many times. Always fun to host the show, buddy, and I'm glad you got a, a night off. All right, so this is significant. Kenny Lawler is, I I mean, you'll know better than me. I I don't know if he's considered the best receiver in the Canadian Football League, but, but he'd be on a very short list. What's his status now with the Edmonton Elks? Sounds like it's a done deal. Kenny Lawler's on his way to the Elks for a whopping deal 
$300,000 for a non-quarterback? This is, this is, wow. I'm, I'm, it's hard to put this into words other than, wow. I mean, we don't see this every day. And uh, he had uh, an offer from the BC Lions, $250,000. It was reported by Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji of TSN that uh, there was a, a signing bonus included with the Lions deal. There isn't one apparently with the Elks deal. But still, it's $300,000 for the receiving champion of 2021. He was the only 1,000-yard receiver last year, 1,014 yards for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, led the league in 30-yard-plus uh, catches with 10 and second-down conversion catches with 27. Yards per game with 78. So uh, he was a big reason why the, the Bombers' offense was so potent last season, and he's on his way to the green and gold. All right, so... How much more money is that than you than you might see a top receiver get paid? Because I think Elks fans might be thinking, okay, well, that's cool, but is this going to limit some other yeah. things we can do? So this all kind of started with Lucky Whitehead, who finished fourth in the in the CFL last year with the BC Lions. But, you know, he's a pretty dynamic player who can do it all. He can, uh, when you talk about an all-purpose player, he can run out of the backfield. He's primarily a receiver, and he's a very good returner. He got $200,000. And then Brian Burnham came in, who actually finished uh, second in receiving and finished just under at uh, 180. So you thought, okay, there's the market. It's set. Then Duke Williams comes along, and he's making about $260,000 with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders after only playing limited games. But, you know, I think Duke Williams, uh, Kenny Lawler, Lucky Whitehead, and Brian Burnham are all in that group, along with Jake Winicky, who, by the way, signed with the uh, Alouettes today. He was the, the touchdown leader from last season with the, with the Alouettes. Those five are probably considered the best of the group. In a group that I would say it's not as uh, sexy and it's not as explosive as, it, as, you know, compared to past receiver groups that we have seen, but they're still pretty good. $300,000 is a lot. I mean, I remember Darius Bowman making uh, about two sixty two seventy. dollars He signed that contract under uh, Ed Hervey, who was the, the GM of the Double uh, E at the time. And then, of course, Brock Sunderland let him go about three years ago. Uh, yeah, about four years ago, actually, because he was due a, a pretty hefty bonus and he kind of had a tough year in, in 2017. So uh, $300,000 is exorbitantly high for a receiver. So for, for a receiver to read, and you know how it works in the CFL, it's not like hockey where you, you're kind of, you know, paid an expectation level of, of, of what the club thinks you can do. I mean, it's a year-to-year thing in the CFL. So Kenny Lawler has been a 1,000-yard receiver once and now he's got a big payday for it. Can he live up to that contract, and can he live up to the expectations? That's going to be very interesting. Okay. Uh, what else What else are the uh, Elks looking for position-wise? Anything else that you're kind of expecting tomorrow or keeping an eye on? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting at least uh, one defensive back signing, and I think it's going to be Ed Ganey that's been reported, um, who is 31 years old and has had some good seasons in this league, a two-time CFL and Western Division All-Star, but someone that has worked under Chris Jones. So that sounds like it's coming. Um, also, Mark Cordy, 
looks like he's coming as well to uh, kind of solidify the Elks offensive line. And, you know, when the Elks lost Jacob Ruby, I know they let him go because of the, uh, uh, the, the vaccination fiasco, but that really limited them on their offensive line that really hurt their depth. So I can see Mark Cordy stepping in beside David Beard at left guard. And of course you got to fill the, the right guard spot vacated by the retired Matt O'Donnell. Uh, I would expect uh, maybe a couple Right, a couple more riders to come here. I, I believe McKenna Henry is done, uh, and he's a Canadian interior D lineman. And under Chris Jones's system, he usually likes one interior D lineman. If you think back to his days here in Edmonton, the first time around in 1415, Eddie Steele was the uh, Canadian defensive tackle among that group. And uh, I would also, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch this. You know, the the number one target seems to be done with Kenny Lawler. I was told today the number two target is Dion Lacey, who we know very well here in oh. Edmonton. Wow. Uh, played here from 14 to 16. Doesn't and like he Bo. Can play will linebacker. <laughs> 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 yes, <laughs> Bo will be happy again. I love it. Yeah. And they play each other what four times this year, I think. So that that will be fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean Dion Lacey can play will backer, can play middle linebacker. So that's something to watch. Uh, Derek Moncrief, I believe, is in discussions with the Elks. He's a pending free agent. He was with the Elks last season. Uh, slow start, but then I thought last four or five games he was pretty good. And then I believe Sean White's leaving for the BC Lions. He uh, is going to finish his career, I believe, soon. So he wants to go home and can't blame him. Sean's been a true pro here. And, He's been and outstanding. One of the best kickers yeah, yeah, outstanding. So I don't know if this is going to happen, but Sergio Castillo, I believe, is a name that has come up of interest for the Elks. So we'll see what happens. They're, they're going to be busy tomorrow. There's no question. They already have been busy. Um, you know, we didn't talk about Darrell Walker. That's kind of maybe a circle back signing. And uh, Chris Jones knows him very well. And Stephen McAdoo knows him very well, uh, having worked with him for, uh, for a season. So, you know, that's kind of a, a you know, bit of a safety net signing. But you bring in Lawler, now you got Walker. Uh, you got, uh, you know, you got Manny Arsenault around. Um, you got your Canadian depth as well with uh, Devon Smith and Mike Jones. You got James Wilder Jr. back. Oh, the big question is, what's happening at quarterback? Well, I don't expect a quarterback move because I believe okay. they, uh, Chris Jones was very interested in Jeremiah Masoli. That didn't work out because he's going to the Red Blacks. And uh, I believe they're going to have to figure it out with Nick Arbuckle, uh, Taylor Cornelius, JT Barrett. How are they going to do it? So I wonder, could there be more money for a guy like Lawler because we're not going to have a big-name quarterback? I, I mean, I, I hate to say that because well, yeah. I, maybe, I, maybe I sound like I'm underestimating Arbuckle <laughs> or whoever, but I, I think you understand what I mean, though. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So... You know they, they they are saving money right now, right? Because they're they're only paying Nick Arbuckle three forty five, uh, and Cornelius comes in under the league minimum at sixty five right now, and J T Barrett comes in at sixty five, and then you got Dakota Prukop who comes in probably near league minimum. Um, so they're saving money at the quarterback position, which is you know a little daunting because you want to have your quarterback position solidified and read, as you know, that's where the money is spent, right? Is to, to, to spend it on your quarterback and your offensive line, your defensive line, and then, you know, the key skill position players. But, uh, you know, got to remember too, I know people are saying well, that's a lot of money and it is a lot of money, but there's a lot of money going out too. you know, Greg Ellingson's money is going out. That's 200 K. Right. And I think he took a bit of a pay cut. Quaker Botang is going out. 
Um, so that frees up some money. And the money that was allocated for Mazzoli kind of turns into Lawler's money and then maybe Ed Ganey's money. And then, you know, it's just divvies out a little bit more. And maybe, you know, Dion Lacey's money too. So there is maneuvering going on. Um, but, you know, I know there's a salary cap in the CFL, but there's only one day where you have to be cap compliant, and that's at the end of the season. I'll just leave it at that. Right. <laughs> fair, fair comment. <laughs> so they add it all up. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to tomorrow. I mean, we know Chris Jones isn't <laughs> – He'll, he'll he'll try to find a way to get these I'm guys. I'm not here so to I sit think, around. <laughs> yeah, well, saying. I think we'll, we'll be in some, for some more headlines tomorrow. Dave, appreciate the update, man. Uh, have a good evening. I really appreciate it. So that, you betcha. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, buckle up. It's going to be a busy one tomorrow and, and probably for the whole week. Okay. That's Dave Campbell. A lot of money for Kenny Lawler, and uh, he threw out some other names and, and how the sort of domino effect led to the Elks uh, giving Lawler that big salary. Interesting stuff. Seven seventeen. an oil king was an oiler today. You'll find out why when we get back. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. There's a newcomer on the ice at Edmonton Oilers practice today. Now, we've told you the story here. Mike Smith is back. Miko Koskinen didn't practice, and he's gone into COVID protocol. So the Oilers needed another goaltender, and that goaltender came from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Colby Hay was on the ice at Oilers practice today, and he checks in now. Colby, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good. How about you? I'm doing, I'm doing very well. Tell me how this played out for you today. When did you get the uh, invitation to skate with the Oilers? Well, I was actually about a uh, quarter of the way through our own practice on the other rink at Rogers, and uh, after one of the drills, my coach came up to me and said, hey, Hazer, you're you're going over to Rogers to see it with the Oilers. And at first I didn't really believe it, but then my trainer opened the gate for me and told me to grab my bottle, and I just headed on over and hopped on the ice with them. Well, and, and I saw you, you. You threw on an Oilers practice jersey and, and took part in their practice. And I think Dave Tippett came over and chatted with you for a little bit. What did he say? No, he was just super thankful to have me. And I told him that I was super thankful to be there and um, just gave me the best of luck and a couple words of wisdom. And, yeah. Did, did any of the players uh, come up to you and say anything? Or was it just a lot of taps on the pads and high fives? No, there was there was a couple guys. Uh, Nugent Hopkins came up to me and said, uh, "Good luck, you know. Thanks for coming out." Um, Nurse said a couple words as well, and the whole group as a whole, I think, pretty much everyone tapped me on the back and said, "Thanks for coming out." So it was super good. It calmed the nerves down a little bit, and just good to know like that those are a good group of guys. Well, good for you for for getting the opportunity to do that. I was watching you quite a bit. I thought I, I thought you had a pretty good day. How did you feel about the practice overall? I felt pretty good. I mean, uh, nerves were a little bit high, to say the least, but I think it was just fun at the end of the day, and I think, um, you know, just putting a smile on my face after making a stop helped it out quite a bit, but just knowing that the guys were good and, you know, there were a couple stick taps after I made a save and stuff like that really helped out. Uh, Did you know there was going to be a shootout drill at the very end? (laughs) (laughs) Um I found out uh, about halfway through the practice. Um, I was just grabbing a drink of water, and Schwartz came up to me and said, hey, by the way, uh, there's a shootout at the end. And I'm like, oh, boy. 
um, but I was pretty pumped. Um, you know, um, it was a pretty cool, uh, pretty cool experience. Well, I believe, though you'll correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you made a blocker save on Dreisaitl and McDavid couldn't get a backhand past you. I think you stopped both the big guys. Uh, yeah, dry, yeah, Dreisaitl went, I think, forehand, backhand, forehand, and I got him with my blocker, and I think um, McDavid hit, like, the outside of the post on a backhand move, but um, that was, uh, it was a pretty uh, exhilarating moment, to say the least. Okay, now uh, for the Oil Kings, you guys are having a great year. Your personal record is pretty solid with a record of 9-4, and four, and uh, you got a great tandem, too, you and Sebastian Costa. Tell me about working with him. Like, it's just, um, you know, he's got to that point for a reason, right? Um, there's lots to learn from him um, day in, day out at practice, and and the team as a whole as well. There's a lot that the coaching staff can offer, and there's a lot that the guys in the room can offer as far as advice, you know, on and off the ice. And every day in practice, we got some of the best shooters coming down, and that helps uh, me develop my game a lot. No, I don't know who's playing tomorrow, and you don't have to tell me uh, if it's secret or you guys don't know yet, but it is the hockey hooky game, 11 a.m. against the Regina Pats. Have you ever been in one of these before with all these school kids? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, well, it's it's probably going to be loud. I'm not sure if it's going to be as many kids as usual, <laughs> but I think you'll notice it's going to be pretty loud. Uh, before I let yeah. you go, uh, obviously your first year with the Oil Kings here, you're from Monty Creek, BC. Tell us about growing up and playing minor hockey there. And I don't even know where it is for sure. It's um, it's just a small town about 20 minutes outside of Kamloops, BC. Um, so I grew up playing for Kamloops. Um I don't know. It was a good. It was a good trek to the rink in the mornings, you know, for a six a.m. practice. But it was all worth it to get here in the end. What's the best thing about being an oil king? Everything. Okay, <laughs> and, right um, on. <laughs> like everything. Like everything's world class. Like the the biz the business idea. Like it's the players that we have in our room, the coaching staff, the opportunities that we get, and it's just. It's an experience that I wish anyone could uh, live. Right on. Well, Colby, it was great seeing you on the ice today. All the best tomorrow and the rest of the season with the Oil Kings. I hope we can talk again. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Colby, hey, Oil Kings goaltender. Got to practice with the Oilers today. He shared that experience. Man, that was awesome. Dan O'Toole, formerly of TSN, now has a podcast going. He's next on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.